0: Hello authors, I'm Joanne Morrell, children's and young adult fiction writer and author of Short Nonfiction for Authors. Thanks for joining me for the Hybrid Author Podcast, sharing interviews from industry professionals to help you forge your career as a hybrid author, both independently and traditionally publishing your books. You can get the show notes for each episode and sign up for your free author pass over at the Hybrid Author website to discover your writing process, get tips on how to publish productively, and get comfortable promoting your books at www.hybridauthor.com.au. Let's crack on with the episode. Jeanette Stamponi was born in a 300-year-old English house and grew up with stories of local legends, pixies, ghosts, and fairies. She now lives in a small country town in Western Australia with her husband and two boys. Jeanette's debut picture book, Shadow and the Girl, will be published by Red Paper Kite, She also recently signed a contract for her second picture book to be published by Wombat Books. Jeanette completed the Australian Writers' Centre course, Writing Picture Books, and is an active member of Squibby Australia West. Wow, fabulous bio, Jeanette. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks so much, (laughs) Jo.
0: So how did you
1: come to join the world of writing and publishing? It probably started when I was really young. When I was tiny, my mum read to me every night, and I've got such beautiful memories of books and creating stories. Um, And she was a writer too, and she used to write children's stories and poems. And that was mostly for pleasure and the odd competition, but it definitely had an impact on me. When I had my own children, I again became surrounded by children's books and it rekindled my love for children's literature. And then it was about six years ago when I was on maternity leave, when I was caring for my youngest son, when I kept seeing an ad on Facebook for um, the Australian Writers' Centre course, Writing Picture Books. And I kind of kept ignoring it and thinking, oh, no, you know, I'm not good enough to do that. I, I, you know, I can't be an author. And then in the end, curiosity got the better of me and I clicked on the ad. And then, you know, when you click on ads and then they keep just like stalking you on Facebook. <laughs> so it just kept coming up and up and up. And in the end, I said to my husband, I really like to do that course. And he was just like, yeah, go for it. And so I did. And that was the start of it. And I just haven't stopped. Yeah, it was just the beginning of having that dream of being a children's author.
0: That's yeah. stunning. I love that. Yeah. Um who who took the picture book course at the Australian Writers Centre? Um,
1: that was Kathy Tasker. Oh wonderful. She, yeah, yeah. She's really good.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I did I did a course through them as well and it wasn't a picture booked one, but it was a children's maybe a children's writing one I don't think it was picture books but yeah it was with Kathy oh, yeah. Asker as well and it's it's yeah it's such a good good company Australian Writers Centre and I'd, I love uh your your story is so whimsical can I just ask where the house was that you grew up the 300 year old house oh, I'm, I'm uh, picturing England Britain but <laughs> I was in that
1: little county um Devon oh, which is yeah. in the southwest of England and it's yeah. very um you know like your typical pick like country town that you see on pictures with thatch cottages and things like that and it was incredibly spooky I spent most of my childhood actually being like terrified (laughs) because it was so spooky (laughs) (laughs) so it wasn't like this romantic lovely image you have I was just like mostly hiding under my covers and
0: (laughs) (laughs) there's a story in that right there from your childhood that's wonderful yeah so you are a wife and a mother much like myself and I completely understand how it's it's very hard to kind of juggle your time so do you have a daily writing process you follow do you have something in place like around your family commitments kind of day to day or do you just roll with it
1: yeah, um it's changed as the children have older um in the early days like I had a five-year-old and a baby so I'd work in the evening when they were asleep or I'd grab an hour or so during the baby's lunchtime nap these days it's a bit easier because they're both at school I still do a little bit in the evening I think that's just out of habit now <laughs> but I also get some done during the day it also depends on what i'm working on or if i have any deadlines i find myself working in like play centers at football training in the middle <laughs> of cooking dinner yeah i just like try and grab opportunities when i can but yeah it's definitely a bit easier now that both are cool
0: yeah. that's great and do you yeah. so so you just you utilize your time you don't really focus on say well i suppose doing picture books like word count or anything like that it's just that's your time you get what you
1: get done and- um yeah, for picture books, it, that yeah, that's the case. I mean, I was working on the junior fiction last year. I did a course with Jen Storer, which was great. What I learned from that was just have achievable deadlines because I'm so used to writing picture books, which is the short word count. Doing a longer piece was quite intimidating. So I just set myself 150 words a day mm-hmm. and that was achievable. It took me like what, 15, 20 minutes, and then it was done. And then I think, okay, good. And then the next day I'll do 150 words again. And then I got it done by just breaking it down like that. So that was really helpful.
0: That's great. And did you ever, did you just stop at the 150 words or sometimes you went over over limit yeah sometimes that was just, yeah because it
1: I was in the flow and then I feel really proud of myself if I've done like 200 words <laughs> or something
0: good <laughs> on you yeah. no I think that's fantastic and and setting yeah. small achievable goals because sometimes we can especially in the writing world and, and I'm a I'm guilty of it too you can set yourself like such high I've got to do this and then feel yeah. bad if you don't achieve it and you know
1: yeah. So, yeah you get writer's guilt don't you that you're not doing enough that's it. You obviously
0: have have gone for gold and learned your writing craft, and now you are frequently submitting your work to publishers and yep. and have some publishing deals. So congratulations! Uh, how how
1: long have you been submitting your work to publishers? So I probably started about a year or so after I finished the writing picture books course so it'll be about five years now that I've been submitting like in the early days I thought oh this is going to be easy <laughs> it's really not and then about a year after that I'm like oh yeah this is not easy at all what am I doing <laughs> um, but then I just thought you know I've just got to keep going because if I keep going then I've got a chance of being published Then if I give up it's not going to happen guaranteed so yeah it took, that takes is- a lot of determination yeah
0: yeah, that's the traditional business model, I think, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, in the beginning, were you kind of just put in one workout and then uh, do you have how many submissions do you have it at one time now?
1: Um, Yeah, I was in the beginning. I literally had one story that I I didn't realise in the beginning that you could actually do simultaneous submissions. So I put one story out, wait six months (laughs) and then put that same story out to another publisher until someone said, you don't have to do that. You can um, do simultaneous submissions. So now I've got, got a few more stories on the go and I've probably got about 15 or so out at the moment. It does vary depending on the time of year and everything.
0: Yeah, no, that's yeah. great. I think I think back in the day that was the general rule, wasn't it, that you just yeah. put to one and couldn't put to another. So yeah, times have definitely it's changed for, <laughs> for the better, thankfully. Yeah. Um, so how have you gone about choosing the publishers that you submit your work to? Have you have you been strategic or just kinda here everyone, this is my story? <laughs>
1: Um, yeah, sometimes it depends on the publisher. I mean, I usually research the publishers and make sure my book fits with their current titles. Like, um, for example, I wouldn't submit a serious book to a publishers only interested in funny books and vice versa. Um, and I think after you've been following publishers on social media for a while, you start to get a sense of what they like and the kind of books they may be interested in. I mean, some publishers have all different types of books, and other ones will focus on certain areas. So and you get to learn that after a while. Hmm. yeah no
0: that's great and do you do you just yeah.
1: submit locally to australia
0: or do you submit internationally as well to the publishing houses like in the uk um, or
1: america yeah mostly australia i think that's probably my preference because i think if you do get published it's probably easier in terms of promoting your book and marketing and everything but i have submitted a few one or two to uk and us as well
0: that's great and do you do you keep like a record uh, of who you're submitting to and when and kind of keep an eye on it for receiving feedback
1: Definitely, I'd be, I've got an Excel spreadsheet. I'd be lost without it. <laughs> um, yeah, because there's a couple of times where I thought, oh, I'll send it to that publisher. Then I've checked my Excel spreadsheet and thought, oh, I've already sent it to them. So I'm so glad I've got that. So definitely I'll put my title of the manuscript, the date I've sent it, the publisher name, even the draft number so I can keep a track of what version I've sent to them. And then other important notes like when to expect to reply. That's great. And do you, if you've
0: had feedback from them, do you update your excel sheet with that or not really
1: um oh yeah, i might just put a little note to say you know they've sent me feedback and then i'll have another folder with what feedback i received so and keep a and note exactly what they said Yep. Yeah. Yeah. mostly you don't get any feedback so <laughs> yes.
0: <laughs> uh, crickets yes <laughs> uh, so obviously submitting internationally and to Australian publishers there is a common items that the publishers ask from you as an author that they want to when you're submitting that they want to see you know, um, you know obviously your yeah, name um, yeah, you know, I, got that,
1: I felt that wrong once that was embarrassing oh. <laughs> <laughs> What did and you it have dead. it as? I think I just got like the E and the A the wrong way around or oh. something. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> terrible. Yeah. Thing, but yeah. So it'd Get be Janet,
0: J- yeah, Janet Ginny. <laughs> <of> Jin- <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So common items. Most published shows that, in my experience, were we'll asked for a cover letter in there you're looking at items like comparative titles so any recent books in the market that's similar to yours I think it's really important also to mention what's different to your book to the comparative title um, your author bio in there I've stated any courses qualifications whether I'm a member of any groups such as Squibby any social media or website links and then usually they ask for a brief description or a picture of the book as well
0: no oh, that's fantastic yeah the author bio I'm always a bit I know I know what to put in it but I'm always a bit unsure because you know as a children's author you for children you kind of want to be interesting and and find some different things about you but I guess when it comes to publishers you probably want to show that you are in the industry per se like you've you've done this and you know your credentials as well so I think your bio actually that I read out before is a a fabulous example that you have you know the storytelling kind of background of where you came from and and uh, but then some of your credentials as well which is is good and with with the the comparison titles I submitted my work sometimes and uh, that always throws me it's always a question it's always one that throws me because I always thought like I know why publishers ask it because they want to see maybe where they can market your book and I guess I've heard from somebody else uh, they also want to see if you're up to date I suppose with with the current market but recently at the squibby Rotness writers retreat it was Kylie Howarth that stood up and she was talking about like a submission letter and I asked her a couple of comparison item questions and it because she had put down a few books but it was and it was also books that weren't really related to the topic she was writing about but she was talking about the style of that book, and that's oh. something that I never considered before. I thought it had to be to do with exactly to do with the books that you were writing, the same sort of genre, all that kind of thing. But hers was just, you know, it's told in this kind of style, but it's to do with these other books. So I find that really interesting. Is do you find? Yeah, I you I found that just recently
1: as well. Actually, I always thought it was you no, know, a similar story, but it was only probably the last year or so. A couple of years, maybe, that I realised it's more about the theme, perhaps, and the yeah. style of your book. Yeah. So you don't necessarily you know, have to find an exact, you don't want to have, find an exact replica of your book, really, do you? Yeah. Um, but yeah, cool. if it's a family theme or a um, theme about bullying or whatever, that's. Yeah what you maybe need to concentrate on rather than the actual story, the plot. So
0: yeah. Yeah, and it makes it a lot easier, I've got to say. Yeah. To find find comparison <laughs> titles out there because I've was just all the ones from before from a, a, a middle grade book that I, I yet to got to go back to. Um you know the only thing I could sort of compare it to with what it was I was sort of thinking, you know, Alice in Wonderland, but that's such even though it's a classic, it's such a dated book. And that was yeah. another thing where as whereas do you put in the books that are from way back then because obviously you know i'm older that was i grew up with that as well but uh it, so it's been good to say oh it's actually what i'm currently writing in is in the style of this book it, with the told and the humor of this book but um you know it's nothing to do with what that's actually about <laughs> so that was easy yeah it does make it a lot easier. <laughs> yeah. so, <laughs> yeah. Have you um have you ever came across any strange requests when you've been submitting your work before?
1: Honestly, not really. I was trying to think of something like really funny, but it hasn't been, it's all been quite ordinary really. Probably the main thing is, I mean, it hasn't happened to me, but I've heard a lot of people will put in a submission and then they'll get an acceptance and they think, oh this is wonderful, and then the publisher will ask for money. And that's always for traditional publishing, that's always a big warning sign um that a traditional publisher will never ask you for money so um mm. i just wanted to put that out there just to warn anyone that's listening yeah um,
0: that's great
1: just have alarm bells going if you have that experience
0: <laughs> that's it i yeah. think um yeah. i i don't recall the publisher's name as well but i know there is a publisher out there who i think upon submission i don't know i don't think you have to do this what they're asking but i think they want you to purchase Again, they're not sort of asking for money to publish your book, but they're almost asking you to pay for a package of the books that they have published to get a feel for what they publish. But I don't think you have to, you don't have to buy it to submit, but obviously it says... It's going to show if you took that or not, which might go against you. Do you think? would have, yeah, you, ever, have I, you heard of that?
1: Yes, I have heard of that. Yeah. I know who you're referring to. Yeah, um yeah, I have submitted to them before. I haven't bought the package. Oh right. I've, <laughs> I've, read I've read some of their books, so I just wrote a note to say I haven't, you know, I haven't bought your package, but I have read some of your books, and I've yeah. got the library and I've bought a couple of them. So. Yeah, I've it rejected.
0: So I don't know if that's <laughs> <enough>. <laughs> I mean, I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with that. I don't think. I think you know. Yeah. Again, it's it's good. There, they're sort of promoting their work as well. But then, as as someone who was looking at submitting, I thought you kind of felt like, oh gosh, well, if I don't buy it, am I going to get rejected? But yeah, no, that's a good point that you've just said that you just let let them say you've already. Read some of their work or you're you're familiar with it so no that's yeah. great um so do you have any tips for first-time authors or just authors in general looking to start sub- traditionally submitting their work to traditional publishing houses maybe some self-published um, yeah. authors who haven't done it before and are starting that process that fun process <laughs> it's, it's
1: fun <laughs> sometimes it's fun when you get yeah um well i think before you even think about submitting you need to join a chris my main um tip and also a group like Swibi, the Society of Children's Writers and Illustrators or whatever is in your genre that you're writing for. Um, because they're going to be such a supportive group and a wealth of knowledge. And I think sometimes you, you get so close to your work that you can't see when there's errors in it or when there's something to- totally wrong with the plot. And it's not until you get another set of eyes on it that you realise you think, oh, how could I not have seen that in the first place? Yeah. So um, the critique group is good for that, isn't it? Yeah. They're brilliant. And then, after you've done that oh it's really difficult but let your work rest don't send it out immediately I've done I have sent it out immediately lots of times and I've always regretted it down like six months down the track because you get so excited that this is, this story might be it this might be the one and you send it out and then six months later you're thinking oh I should have just waited and worked on it a bit more
0: how long do you let your works rest for
1: <laughs> does it vary um <laughs> I'm not practicing my preach really <laughs> um <laughs> I try, to, I try to wait maybe a couple months. You probably should wait for longer than that. Yeah. Um, I have sent it out immediately after the critique groups looked at it as well. So I'm not, I'm not, yeah, like I say, I'm not practicing my preach that much. Yeah. <laughs> also, yeah, like I mentioned before, research your publisher, make sure you're sending your work to the right publisher that it will fit with and read the guidelines. That's really important because that's just going to annoy a publisher if you don't adhere to the guidelines that they have put clearly on the website. Um, and just read it once more before you hit send.
0: <laughs> mm, yeah, that's That's
1: fantastic. Yeah, thank you.
0: Uh, so when, when should an author, well, they've done all that and submitted their work and obviously some publishers state when they'll get back to you, if they get back to you or they don't at all. So when should an author expect that their submission has been unsuccessful? Like after how long do you think they should
1: give up? <laughs> this is a really difficult question. Um, my quickest rejection was one day. And my longest one was, yeah, that was like, ouch. (laughs) At least it wasn't an hour. Um, And my longest one was 15 months. So, yeah, but obviously that's kind of the extremes. Most publishers will put on the website, if you haven't heard from us within such and such a time, say six months, assume you've been unsuccessful. But I'd probably say on average, in my experience, probably about four to six months. Yeah, it does vary from publisher to publisher.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. I think in one of the past interviews that I did with Tina Rafa Mulligan, and we, we, I think we touched upon this question, and she had said she had a nice surprise, I think, a book that she thought hadn't been picked up, the publisher. I think they'd published her first one, and she just assumed that they weren't taking the other one i think and then i don't know if she said two years or maybe it was five years later and they were yeah. like yeah ready to publish and she was like oh, oh okay <laughs> wow. <would> <laughs> yeah she said that was a nice surprise so yeah that would be cool uh, so obviously submitting and a lot of work out there and a lot of rejection involved in that do you how do you handle that how have you how did you handle your first rejection and how do you kind of handle it now
1: Oh the first one was a bit devastated because I wrote my story and I thought oh yes this is definitely going to like, going to get published it's just brilliant and everyone's going to love it and then you get the rejection you're like oh <laughs> yeah it was a bit of a, a bit of heartbreaking moment but now I've toughened up a bit now chances are like by the time your manuscript comes back that it's, it's been rejected you probably haven't looked at it for a while so just have another look at it I tend to send it out straight away again to someone else it just sort of makes me feel a bit better to do that. Um to be honest it doesn't really worry me that much anymore. It's just kind of part of the writing life. That's just what you've got to deal with. You've just got to keep writing more and keep submitting and not let it affect you too much really. And have a big stash of chocolate, or or wine, (laughs) wine.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I suppose as a as a first time author, when you put it out there, you know, it's 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 your heart and soul, isn't it? And then you know, people are like, no, no. And then um, it's hard not to take it personally, and then start. Kind of turning it inwards into yourself and at the work, thinking, oh, you know, and you take it personally. But as we've mentioned on the podcast before, with with some other interviewees, that occasionally it comes down to many factors, doesn't it? That you know, whether the publisher it doesn't, it maybe not suit them, or whether they have published something else similar recently yeah. you know so yeah i think that that's easier to kind of accept so uh well yeah i, I guess is is that your advice for authors who come up against submission rejections to have chocolate and wine
1: and stashed away definitely i think probably the chocolate if like a, you get a rejection at nine o'clock in the morning probably the wine's not really appropriate <laughs> <laughs> so you have chocolate then.
0: it's five o'clock somewhere it's five o'clock somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> um, so you mentioned it's, it's it is quite rare to get feedback on your manuscript when you are submitting Um, if you receive feedback from a submission but not they've not offered a contract and they don't sort of extend an invitation to see that work again uh, i've actually had this before do you think an author would would you then resubmit that same work to the publisher once you had revised revised it with their feedback even though they've sort of not said "I, i want to see it again
1: I probably wouldn't immediately, not unless they've specifically requested the revised work. I mean, if it's a rejection, it's very rare and valuable to get feedback. So, And I think you're probably on the right track if you have received some feedback that the publisher's taken the time to actually do that for you. I think if the feedback had a reasonably positive feel to it, I'd probably wait at least a year and then maybe resubmit. But just make sure in your cover letter that you say that you have resubmitted and reworked the story. I mean, it would have to be quite significantly different as well, I think, to um, resubmit the same story. Um, um, I've heard Fremantle Press say something similar, that they would accept a revised manuscript, but it would have to be quite different, and you'd have to wait, I think, I'm pretty sure they said a year. Right,
0: yeah. It's, it's quite hard for authors, I think, because you can hear a lot of contradicting information sometimes in the writing world, and it doesn't help that everybody's writing experience is different and everybody's journey is different and all that. Like a job interview, I suppose, which, is again, is a completely different thing, but I know that employers they'll, they'll kind of sit back and wait to see whether, you know, an applicant will contact them, you know, like keep sort of going after the prize. And I almost, mm. won- like question in my mind, I wonder if publishers sit back and think the same. But And I've also heard another story from, uh, she's a women's fiction writer, Fiona Palmer. I think she's Australian, Western Australian. I've heard her speak before at the library. And she got a publishing deal by pretty much doing what you're, you're almost told not to like she just gutsy she got a a, is it the ASA mentorship and she had a manuscript and she had read a book and I think she liked the style of the book felt like it matched her her manuscript and she found out who the publisher was like the specific person or agent or something like that and she actually mailed a copy right to this person's office and she got the she got a publishing deal from that oh wow whereas like you know you've been told yeah have you heard that bathroom story about where (laughs) everyone for for anyone who hasn't about was it it the publisher or the agent you know in the toilet and then she just had a manuscript pushed under (laughs) the toilet Um,
1: yeah So,
0: oh, yeah these are all things that kind of come up and it's you've been told no but I mean in that instance it was it worked for her so I mean maybe just being a bit gutsy yeah worked too
1: sometimes you got nothing to lose and well yeah. that's exactly her words. She, <laughs> she said that she said
0: that she said oh well, yeah I've got nothing to lose so why not but then then you maybe don't want to Get a reputation of just being like harassing people or annoying people. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Almost
1: <yeah. laughs> have been good.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's it. Well, you'd have to have to be very, very believing in your work then. So yeah. <laughs> Um, so do you have any tips or offers looking for opportunities to submit their work? Like is there, do, do you just go to publisher websites or is there specific forums that say this, this person's open or social
1: media? Well, both my books were picked up on Slush Piles. So they do work, you know, hear about by the publisher's you know, probably don't go through all the slash piles, but they do. So it's definitely worth submitting that way. Um I'll probably say follow publishers on social media, sign up to their newsletters. Uh, some publishers will have open windows, so they'll advertise on Facebook or Instagram, and this may mean they're open for a month, a week. Some I've seen only open for one day. So it's a really good way of keeping up to date with all the news and not missing out on those opportunities. Um, another thing I would say is enter lots of competitions. Some competitions have publishers as the final judges, so it's a great way of Getting your work in front of them if you if you do place. And even if you don't place, it's a really good experience to actually meet a deadline and get your work polished and go through that process, which is similar to what you would do if you were going to submit your work. Um, go to events. There are plenty of writing events where you can get publisher assessments. Um, and again, this is a great way to get your work in front of a publisher. You never know where it may lead you. If they like your work, then they might ask you to submit it. And that avoids the slash pile, So that's even better. <laughs> Um, reading your genre if you enjoy a book make sure you take note of the publisher um, and check publisher websites for guidelines see what books they've recently released and see if yours fit with them that's great
0: how, how did you come to find out about the opportunities for your two
1: upcoming books they were both in open windows so Red Paper Kite I think were open for about a month I saw it on Instagram and I just thought have a look and see if I've got anything that was suitable and my um, manuscript's sitting there and I thought this is the right one to send um and then more well, back books are similar I think they were just open for a month in December so I um again I just submitted my late one of my latest stories that I'd just written actually um, so that was exciting and I didn't really expect to hear anything from them, and then suddenly got this email, and I was like, ah. That's good.
0: So, was that one yeah. of your works that was like hot off the press from the critique
1: group, and you just fired yeah, out it? Was. There. <laughs> yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was actually. So, it was a bit of a shock. It's usually like, yeah, usually I'll send off my latest work, and I haven't like looked at it properly, but I have, have been through a critique quite a few times, so I yeah, hadn't written it that long ago. So That's
0: it. And sometimes I think with a work, you know yourself, you could, you can rework it and rework it. And sometimes it can end up from where you started into something completely different. And I've heard other authors say, you know, a book's never finished, you can just keep going and going and going to the end. Mm. So I think as time and experience comes, you have to sort of, at least that's what I'm finding that this is a story I wanted to write. This is the way it's saying, uh, staying, sorry. And you know, I I now probably need a publisher's help to raise it further um, through the editing process. But in terms of Leaving it to rest for so long because I've I've had that experience as well and it's oh but you're I think with each work as, as well each work being different I'm I'm a very firm believer of someone who believes everyone's lives are kind of mapped out for them and I think like if it's that works time. It's that works time. <laughs> if it's not, then yeah. the, the other one's got to sort of rest and, and it will eventuate. Like a good example of that is um Meg McKinley's book that's just won all these fabulous awards, you know, the C B C A twenty twenty one awards. And I think I just saw something about the the primary awards as well. The yeah how, to, how to, ha, yeah, how to Make a Bird. And I think she said that that again with that book, that was a long time ago and it's only now yeah. just making its debut into the world and it's smashing it so yeah, yeah. it's very very it's nice to hear those
1: stories too from those experienced authors that, that's it you know, just like writing a book and they're band that gets published they're, they're you know working just as hard and waiting just as long as everyone else so it's, it's kind of nice to hear yeah Yeah.
0: that's it so you're also an illustrator as well as an author you're a very multi-talented lady (laughs) (laughs) Um, so do you do you submit your illustrations by themselves or do you submit your uh have you ever submitted your
1: words and your illustrations together or is that a big no-no just recently actually um i just started doing that so I probably spent, I don't know, about three or so years just trying to practice my illustrations and get better and better. Still learning heaps. I've still got lots to learn. But this year, I just thought, stuff it. I'm just going to, I've already, I'd written a book which I really enjoyed writing and I got a lot out of it. And I thought, shall I illustrate it or not? And I thought, yes, yeah, stuff it. I'm just going to go for it and try. And I had a critique with James Foley and he really helped me get some of the illustrations a lot better. So I've started just started sending that out now. Um, whereas previously I was just sending my manuscripts out and um, book with um, Red Paper Kite and Wombat will both be illustrated by somebody else and I think that's how I wanted it to start with just so I can learn that process but ideally I'd like to have you know maybe one or two books that I've illustrated myself as well I think yeah. that would be a really fun process yeah
0: like il- illustrate for someone else or your books illustrated for my you? books yeah I'd um, like to do that do you want to yeah. illustrate for other people as well or
1: more just for you um, probably just more for myself, but um, yeah. Yeah, I'm just going to see what happens. I don't really like to sort of say um, put too many kind of <laughs> restrictions on myself. You just don't know what's around the corner or anything or what yeah. might come up. Yeah. So, so your illustration in
0: inspiration, has that been the same as your writing? Did that come from childhood or is this just something you've kind of, have you been inspired to to play around with that from your writing?
1: I've, I've always, draw, drawing really came before writing, to be honest, ever since I was really tiny, i like I've always drew. I remember like having my dad's newspaper and drawing little storyboards across the, <laughs> the edge of his newspaper. Any hat, any paper I could get my hands on, I could draw, but I just never took it seriously and never had the confidence to take it to another level. I can sort of remember when I was at school and my parents would be like, or well, my family would say, you know, maybe you should go to college and study art. And I just was like, no, because... I don't want to do it as a job because I, I'm just, it's too much pressure and I'm too scared and I'm not good enough. So it just always took a bit of a backseat and I just did it as a hobby. And it's only now when I'm like 42 that I thought, well, oh, maybe. <laughs> it's just taken me a while. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, that's the process. <laughs> I, I,
0: I love that your parents were like, "Yeah, be an artist." That's so cool. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so you are on the cusp of launching your debut picture book, Shadow and the Girl, and I'm so excited to for this to come out. I can't wait. Um, can you tell us a bit about your submission to Red Paper Kite? You've already um, said that you you saw that um, ad on Instagram. Was that that one? And um, yeah. how about how your experience has been so far from that submission and to now? to the finished product, uh, sorry, product soon?
1: So like the story of Shadow and the Girl, I'd actually written it about 18 months before, before I saw the ad for on Instagram. I'd like submitted it to a few other places, but not many because it's not a very conventional story. It's quite quirky. And I just thought it's probably not commercial enough for a typical publisher. So I just sort of left it there for ages. And then I saw Red Paper Kites Saying that they're open for submissions, and it didn't immediately spring to mind, to be honest. And I looked in my folders, and I thought, well, I wonder what I can submit to them." As soon as I saw it sat there, it was just like, "That's the one I need to send." I just knew. T- tell us, um,
0: tell us a bit about the story. I'd love to. Hear <laughs> I how much I can tell you. <laughs> I All right, okay.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Maybe keep what yeah, it, it deals with. I'll, I'll tell you the bit of the themes. um So it's, I can tell you, it's about a, a shadow who's afraid of a child. So it's kind of a bit of a twist on, you know, child who's, you know, scared of their own shadow. Um, it just deals with bravery and friendship and accepting yourself. So, yeah, it's um, it's looking beautiful. It's illustrated by Samantha Horton. It's just looking so gorgeous. And you sort of going back to seeing Shadow in my folder and knew it wasn't very commercial. I think that goes back to what I was talking about before about researching a publisher, because I knew that Red Paper Kite were not a commercial publisher either. They like to be a bit different and a bit quirky. So I felt that book really fitted with what they would publish. Um, and it all happened really quite fast. So I submitted to them. And then within a couple of weeks, the publisher, Sandra, had contacted me. And then a couple of weeks after that, I signed the contract. And then I worked with editor Brenda and then they contacted Demelza and I had a tiny bit of input into the illustrations, but not very much at all. And I think that's actually a good thing because it means that she could use her own creativity um, and interpret the story to how she sees it. Then you've got the designer, Manuela, who's brought everything together. It's just like an amazing journey full of surprises. I've loved every minute of it. And what I've come to realise is that it stops once your book gets picked up by a publisher, it kind of stops being your book. It just belongs to all these people, and you you share this experience with them all, and they all they're all part of it. And I've really loved sharing that with them. It's been a long process because we've got COVID on the way, that's made a given us a few delays. But I wouldn't definitely want to change it for the world. I've loved every minute of it, and it's been so exciting. Do you want me to talk about one back? Oh as well?
0: yeah, yeah. I was just gonna. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, um, listening to you talk as well. Like you know, we can talk about all, all the things that are are hard and everything, but it, it sounds like it is absolutely all worth it in the end. When you know you yeah. get you, you achieve what you set out to achieve, and you find people, you connect with people who see, who love your story just as much as you do, or even more. And you know, they take it to a whole level. And yeah, I just think that's that's amazing. Yeah, yeah it sounds great. Yeah.
1: Very inspiring. Yeah. So yes, I would love to hear about yeah. the, the second book as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, so the, yeah, the one with Wombat was just signed up this year. And it, I can't, again, probably tell you too much. Um, but it's about a dragon. And it's really cute. And it's funny, but it's got a like lovely heartwarming message to it as well. And Wombat Books is kind of special because they were one of the first publishers that I ever submitted to like five years ago I think they were like the second publisher and every time they open for submissions I submit and get rejected and then submit again and get rejected so then I this time I submitted and I was like oh (laughs) it was was just a big shock (laughs) I wasn't expecting it at all so that came about three months after I submitted and actually just this week I've just received some initial sketches um, from how how the book's going to look so it's all happening quite fast actually um I haven't got a release date yet for this one but hopefully it won't be too long because it's yeah it's all happening so very exciting yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's wonderful. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. have you, you, you have the two traditional publishing deals for your picture books, um, have you ever considered independently publishing your work or was it always just this is the route
1: you want to go down? Yeah, I mean, it has crossed my mind from time to time, but I love, look, personally, I love working on stories and leaving all like the design and printing to people that I actually know what they're doing because I don't have a clue about any of that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I think there are like pros and cons to both. I think you get probably more control and maybe a faster process if you're publishing independently but then obviously the traditional is less financial risk to the author so yeah it just depends on what you want but personally for me I've really loved the traditional publishing process
0: Mm, yeah no that's great maybe down the line you might just see a see a project and be like oh I'm going to take charge on that with your illustrations yeah. and your words and put it out there although it's, uh, it's a lot of work <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I, I don't even do independent um, picture books but picture but I've got a friend who's who's currently doing it at the moment and uh, they're so excited for their release date which is great and I'll probably have them on the podcast as well but uh, I just think yeah, it's it's full on. So with with illustrations yeah. and, and <laughs> to are they illustrating so,
1: their own work too.
0: Or? They are. It's a it's a sister team. One's the writer. One's the illustrator. Oh so,
1: wow! Yeah, yeah. I
0: I hope they'll come on because they're yeah, it's fantastic. They're big. so good. So well, Jeanette, it has been absolutely wonderful talking to you today. Thoroughly inspired by your author adventure. Thank you so much for your expertise and your time. So where can our listeners source your work in store and online when it when it's made available
1: um well the books will be available in, in all good bookstores um both online or in store or you could just go to the publisher website so red paper kite warm back books and there will be all links to there and a bit more information so that's often the easiest way um, hopefully not too long to wait hopefully in the not too distant future thank you so much for having me on the podcast oh you're absolutely (laughs)
0: welcome are you do you are you on social media as well you have a
1: facebook just yeah just search Jeanette Stamponi on both instagram and facebook and I'm on twitter but I'm really bad at twitter so yeah me too
0: (laughs) I don't know why. (laughs) oh that's fantastic Jeanette thank you thanks so much That's the end for now, authors. I hope you're further forward in your author adventure after listening, and I hope you'll listen next time. Remember to head on over to the Hybrid Author website at www.hybridauthor.com.au to get your free author pass. It's bye for now.